behind that I had an Excel file. So if there was a request and then finally booking, I just changed the color of the cells, made a screenshot and we're uploading it again. And then the website was updated. So that's how it started. Welcome to Two Sided, the Marketplace Podcast, brought to you by ShareTribe. Hello and welcome. I'm Stuart, CMO at ShareTribe, and I am your host. Camper vans, RVs, hashtag van life. A lot of us have probably daydreamed about spending a few weeks on the road in an RV, see more of our own country, nature, or other countries. You know, just get in the van. Park it wherever you want, and that will be your home for the night. At least I have dreamed of it, and I also know today's guest has. And in fact, he loved this so much that he founded a company around it. I'm talking today to Dirk Fese, founder and CEO of Paul Camper, Europe's leading marketplace for RV rentals. It's a beautiful story, driven by passion, started out really lean, as you will hear. We talk about how Paul Camper got started, how Dirk built it really piece by piece, how they kept the quality under control, and what's quite special is how they used insurance as an anti-disintermediation tool, and how much work Dirk actually needed to do to get this insurance product into existence. All in all, another terrific episode, if I say so myself, but please let me know your thoughts. You can tweet at us at, at ShareTribe, or send me an email at sjoerd at sharetribe.com. One note, again, just for reference, this was already recorded in August 2021. One more practical thing, the podcast is taking a summer break. It will be back on September 13th, but this does not mean you have to be without a Marketplace podcast. Instead, you can listen to our other podcast, the Marketplace Academy podcast, where each week my colleague Katri will be releasing an episode on how to fund your Marketplace. You can find this podcast on all the same platforms. Just search for Marketplace Academy Podcast, and you should be able to find it. If you have trouble finding it, just tweet to us at ShareTribe. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to the real important part. Here is my conversation with Dirk Fese from Paul Kemper. Hi, Dirk. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Before we dive into the marketplace specifics of Paul Camper, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you did before you started Paul Camper? I'm Dirk. I'm 39. I grew up on the countryside and I studied business administration and was working afterwards for PwC as an advisor. So my background is a bit of the financial nature. Mm -hmm. uh, but my passion lies in traveling and especially uh, camping and RVing. So that's why I'm now running my own company called Paul Camper. And uh, how did you get the idea of Paul Camper? In the middle of my studies, I was living in Australia. And in Australia, traveling with RV, the camper van is actually the best choice because of the long distances. And there I realized that this is the best way of traveling for me because I'm, I'm totally flexible. I have everything essential with me at the same time I'm in the middle of the nature. So mm -hmm. uh, I felt the freedom and, and that was really an important uh, understanding for me. So coming back to Europe, I wanted to travel Europe and discover Europe the same way. 
but I realized it's not really possible with the conventional rental companies. Mm -hmm. So that's when uh, I bought myself a van, VW T4, and I converted it to a, to a camper van mm -hmm. and named it Paul. And okay. because of, because of, because of uh, borrowing the money to buy it, I, and also the understanding that it's just, even if I was a student back then, it will stand 80% of the time unused on the street. So that's why I said to myself, I'm only doing this, I'm only investing in this if I share it with others. So that's kind of the beginning. So I was sharing Paul before I started Paul Kemper as a company because that was the result of understanding, hey, there's much more demand than I expected and more people that have, have a pain like I had in the past. Okay, so that's interesting. So, but by the way, before I forget, so is Paul still around? Yeah, you can. I just handed over Paul yesterday to okay. to, a, to an older couple that are now traveling for three weeks. Oh, great, great. And then, um, and so when you did the initial, just sharing your own van, like, was there any tech involved, or how did you handle that? No, it was purely manual. Let's say like this. Yeah. Like the first step was just listing it with eBay Kleinanzeigen here in Germany, which is eBay Classifieds, right? Where you just can for free list your van. And that was start. And then I was just interested to build up my own website. Mm -hmm. So I did a like do-it-yourself website for five, five euros a month. Yeah. Which was just a really website, no, no booking platform or anything, but I could present more than on eBay. I could put a calendar on uh, more pictures. Yeah and so forth. And behind that, I had an Excel file where I had in the calendar of, 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 for Paul. So if there was a request and then finally booking, I just changed the color of the cells, made a screenshot and we're uploading it again. And then the website was, was updated. So that's how it started. So that was your booking calendar, like a screenshot of an Excel file with the color code. Yeah, oh, that is I awesome. Mean, it was per, like one month per line and then the days, of course, and then different colors. And that's actually also like when I, when I decided to really make a business out of it, out of it, first of January in 2013, oh, well. I was still using this website uh, and, and, and the Excel file behind for another half a year. And I already listed other vans. So my Excel file just had uh, more calendars and that's the way how it started. So really, really lean let's let's yeah yeah very tech low is. tech yeah that, i love that like that's not the first time on this podcast that spreadsheets have been uh, used as sort of the initial back end because it, it just works and at one point did you think like because initially so you were you were having by yourself maybe multiple fans at what point did you realize that oh actually this could be you know like an ebay uh, or like a marketplace for camper vans no, when I, when I was starting it at 1st of, of January, I was already renting out my event for two years. And I realized that there's more demand than I can serve. So that's why I decided to build up this kind of marketplace. And I tried to acquire the first owners that were also listed on, like put the, put the van on eBay, uh, classifieds, for example. Of course, it was very slow. So I talked to one person, everything was very like direct. So I was talking to each and everyone. So one, one, one person, for example, she was interested, but then finally um, decided against it because she moved to Russia, but the van was nice. So I bought it. That was, that was Sophie. So at the beginning I had two, but then that, that was the maximum. Uh, the others were all owned by other people. 
And I think one year later or something, I decided to sell Sophie again. Yeah. Why? Because actually I earned more money with Paul and Sophie than with the brokerage of all those other vans. But it took me a lot of time. I, I mean, um, operating a van, like hand, handing over and everything is a lot of time. So I, question, I asked myself like, okay, where do you believe more and more? What's the basic idea, the basic ideas to, to build up a marketplace? Yeah. So yeah, every yeah. five hours per month that I, that I invest in, 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 in renting out Sophie is five hours that I can't invest in Port Camper. So that's why I decided to sell it. I sell, sold it to a renter, actually, who became the vendor of the platform, <laughs> which is still kind of... Uh, yeah, um, at uh, least you didn't lose the supply. Yeah. Exactly, which still happens on the marketplace. So I had two, but the others were all owned by other, other people. And then I realized, okay, there is some traction and I need more than just my do-it-yourself website. So that's why I asked two guys who were um, specialized in, in a WordPress to build, let's say, uh, the second version of Paul Kemper. Mm -hmm. That went live half, half a year later. And I think I paid three and a half K. So not much, but I had like, it was much more proper, like still no backend, but but a more user-friendly front-end. So you, meaning you had a, you could choose rent out or, or to rent and then yeah, you had a map of Germany where you could see where the, the, the vans are located and a list next to it where you can click on and then you had a camper profile, for example. If you set a request, it's just it was just a contact formula that went into my Outlook. So behind that, everything is still manual. Yeah, but the search part sort of like, uh, you know, like if you divide like a marketplace transaction between like browsing or searching, selecting, that searching and selecting part was more automated. It wasn't, with it wasn't, them. It wasn't there yet. I mean, okay. I went from from one camper van in, in January to forty three, end of twenty thirteen. Forty three, yeah. Meaning in summer, I had thirty or something. So it was just a pure list. There was no search function because the search function was another one k or something. Yeah. So and I, <laughs> I, I, I just could use what I've earned, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And um, and so uh, let's let's go back a little bit to how you then uh, acquired those forty three people because was did that all go uh, you previously mentioned through eBay did that was that how the initial growth went on the supply side? Yeah, that was the initial way um, because it's hard to see them, like owners that are willing to rent out, and the ones that listed their van on eBay or eBay classifieds, they were quite concrete. So I could approach them as I just said like. Hey guys, I'm also renting out my van. I have a small platform. Um, I have yeah. more demand than I can serve. If you like, just just join me. And uh, it was more a handshake deal at the beginning. Yeah. And if I if I bring you a renter, um, would be cool if I get ten percent. Yeah. Nothing more. Yeah, yeah. No, because it is like um, in the first episode of last season, I talked to this person called Lenny Rzhitsky. I think you might know, or he used to work at Airbnb. And he has like deep dived into like the whatever the 50 or something biggest marketplace in the US and he interviewed all lots of people from there. And uh, he has divided like a couple of these like early supply onboarding strategies. And, and one of them is like he, he called like 
piggybacking on existing data, I think is the name. And then where basically that is like, that is also what you did. You, you found already sort of an existing supply and you just like basically took, took it from the platform and like, oh, hey, how about this other platform that I have? So yeah, it's really cool to see that that worked out for you. And then how did you get the other side on board initially? Because like covering 43 of Vance, that's like, that's, you, you need quite a bit of demand. Yes, actually I didn't do anything. <laughs> because the, the, the demand was there. Okay. So uh, what I think helped is that the existing market just consisted of motorhomes, so the bigger ones. And I was kind of naturally specialized at the beginning on camper vans, so more yeah. uh, the VW type. And there was no one doing this between private people. So the entire website, like the communication was rent a camper van from private people and that wasn't there before so there had been already people looking for camper vans mm -hmm. or a smaller one from private people so i was i was automatically getting this traffic okay and when the wordpress platform started in i think june 13 they had a what i really liked they had a seo plugin and i think that it was purely seo at the beginning and because it was really, really, really narrowed down. Yeah, yeah. So just pure organic search. And there wasn't any, how about word of mouth? Like, did you feel that that was early on? Yeah, word of mouth was definitely one part, especially on the supply yeah. side. Okay. Because when, when people discover that and then they just carry it forward. On the demand side, the word of mouth worked more, not within the season, but then for next season. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, what, what did you do this summer? Well, we yeah. rented this van. Okay, that's what we're going to do next summer as well. Yeah. But in the end, I mean, uh, camping is thriving for the last 10 years and, and people were looking mm -hmm. for it. And suddenly there, uh, there was someone offering a very specific um, uh, supply, which wasn't available on conventional websites because it was much yeah. more cheaper. It was small, uh, used, cheaper, more personal approach. So yeah, the interesting thing is, I thought my offer is solely for student couples that don't have any money. Yeah. But then suddenly I had also families like where the, the, the father was a lawyer and the mother was a, like a boss of a, of a small shop. So, and they had two kids and they were traveling yeah. with my van where you even can't stay and in, stand inside. Yeah. Right. Stand. So yeah. Like, why do you, why, why do you choose for mine? You can, you can, you can, you can afford a much bigger one. You can one, afford yeah. a much let's call it better thing or like more convenient yeah so they said yes we could but we don't need to actually the, the van is just for for driving and sleeping everything else happens outside plus we like to give the money like spend it in the neighborhood on and not with other companies so yeah, yeah. that was really uh, eye-opening and showed me that there is a spot that is not covered yet yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you realize that hey, there's a whole other market. Like, it's not just this particular segment, but there's a whole segment also that is interested in this. Yeah, and uh, I always ask this question, but I, I'm always very interested. So, did you initially constrain the marketplace in any way? I think that, like you, you said, like you specialized initially in camper vans only. Any like regional? I mean, Germany is quite big. So, how did you do that? So there wasn't any. Like, I think what what answers your question. The best is that there wasn't any constraint that I that I set mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, intentionally. 
um, of course, I mean, I was in Germany. I, I spoke German, so I was just looking at Germany for supply. Yeah. Right. And um, the entire website was just in German, just because of like, like oh, that helps. so maybe that's a constraint. <laughs> I don't know. But there was no constraint where to go with the van. So you know, like it was just constrained by the insurance. So like, but it was entire Europe. And and also like the, the camper van were this motorhome thing. Well, camper van were this RV and uh, we talk in American English. I started with camper vans because I thought this is the spot. But then suddenly also owners of bigger ones, like of, of motorhomes wanted to join. Okay. Said, like, of course, why not? I mean, happy, happy to, right? Yeah. So also this, I wouldn't call it a constraint, but what might be a constraint is, I think you call it more a managed marketplace. So Paul Kemper was at the beginning much more managed yeah. than today because I wanted to give a different offer to the potential demand than there was in the, in the market. So I, every van only had one price per night, regardless of the season. That was okay. typical. Then I kind of forced every lender to put a buffer day behind and before every rental, because my own experience was that sometimes the, the renters are coming back too late or something breaks down and then it just stress to just have a gap of like a, like a time span yeah. of two, three hours in between. So, and, and as most of my supply hadn't done that before, I felt I need to manage it a bit more, right? Also no uh, millage limitation and so forth. So that's what I did, which you could also could call a constraint, but what, what then over time um, got loosened. But was there initially more like a hotspot? Like, I don't know where in Germany did you start this? So like, was it mostly, for example, around Berlin or was it around the area? I don't know where you lived at the time or yeah. was it like straight, yeah. like from the beginning all over Germany? It was from the beginning all over Germany because it was online. At the same time, yeah. Berlin was kind of the biggest part and it still is if we just mm -hmm. look at Germany. But at the same time, Berlin is the biggest city in Germany. So mm. it's hard to say if it's because of that or not. Yeah. In the beginning, there was much more personal involvement. So of course, I could much more easily talk to people directly mm -hmm. in Berlin than in Bavaria. Of course, yeah. But fleet like the 43 uh, vans on the platform after one year, they were, were completely distributed. Yeah, all over Germany. Okay, so while you grew from uh, uh, two to 43, and then I guess even like faster in the next years, how, how do you maintain the quality for the marketplace? Because I'm imagining like at one point you well initially you're a managed marketplace, so then it's a little bit easier to control. How did you make the when you transfer to a less managed, like how, how did you maintain the quality? At the, in, in the first, so Paul Kemper is, was bootstrapped for the first four years. Okay. And in this time, um, Paul Kemper essentially consists of operations, meaning yeah. customer support uh, and, and the onboarding team. So the quality was, was mainly managed uh, due to or through personal con interaction and personal contact. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and then as it got bigger, we built up on those experiences and just automized them. So mm -hmm. for example, the supply, of course they create their profile, but there's still a manual check at the end regarding the pictures, the content and so forth. So this, this also has, has good potential to automize fully. Mm -hmm. And it is like from back then to today, I think it's 90% automized. But you can, I think, get get rid of the of the last personal interaction. 
So mainly it's about having a certain quality when listing at the supply side. And then of course, it's like with most marketplaces, it's about the review system you have in place. Because even though everything looks fine, you don't know how, uh, in this case, the supply will behave in one year or something. So yeah. you need to have a proper review system in place where you then also get a red flag or something if, if something doesn't doesn't work well, and then talk to the person. And either um, you can you can come to a point where you say, okay, I'm still with you, or you say, okay, maybe you have different different understanding of of how to deliver experience to the renters and then you just mm -hmm. separate so that's, yeah. that's to my mind natural yeah has that happened a lot i mean we, we couldn't have the growth if the churn has been been large right no no that's so yeah. but there are some especially because i mean the typical thing with marketplaces is to intermediate right yeah so it's pretty hard with us mm -hmm. um because we have the insurance in between that you can't only can get through paul camper but yeah. still, there are people like, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about really rare cases. Of course. Where, yeah. where they just like, in the end, uh, set the price down after the contact ha has been made. And then yeah. the rest of the part gets paid in cash or something. But that's okay. really rare. Yeah, because actually, that was going to be my next question. Because like, I, like, these aren't small payments, I guess, at times. So like, I was wondering, how do you battle? How do you combat this disintermediation? Like when that happens? Well, you see, you mentioned the insurance. Yeah, so this, because of the insurance part, which I'm happy to explain, we never had a real focus on, on this topic because it's not a big topic with us like with other marketplaces. Yeah. So um, typically, if you, if you own a, an, an RV or a car, it doesn't matter. You have an insurance and insurance ensures your personal use. Yeah. If you rent it out 10 times a year, it's a different risk. So it's not insured by your insurance company and not covered by your policy and you can even get hard 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 fines if you misuse it yeah so what we after four years managed is to build an own insurance product for our use case together with allianz and that's a okay. daily, daily based insurance that comes on top so you and that was also one of the growth levers supply wise because before it was very hard you needed to get the the, the, the existing commercial uh, insurance policy therefore you needed to register as a commercial owner blah, 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 blah. so really like it took huge friction yeah so i was able to onboard as a, a decent fleet but after all that has gone because of the new insurance product that you could say hey you can just list your van try it out no effort and and if there's a rental it will automatically be covered the insurance will cover be covered by Allianz. Yeah. easy that was a growth lever, and at the same time, you have at least, at least, usually two for both sides, but at least one side that is, um, for, for one side, it's important that trip is insured. Okay. And be because it's your annual vacation, right? You are going with your family and you don't want to risk anything. And, and, and this is not a product you can buy on the market. It just, it just can be activated if you push the book now button on our platform. So that prevents, I think, the major part of intermediation. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, because that's often like, that also reminds me of like the Airbnb story, right? Where they, at one point, they had to, like when they did this instant book button, for example, first they had to put the insurance in place, et cetera. But I think Airbnb did it relatively late. Like, was it a lot of trouble for you to, to get that insurance product into existence? L let me shortly answer on, on, your, on, on, your, on your statement beforehand. Yeah, that's interesting because Airbnb 
for, for those marketplaces, it's just a marketing tool. You don't really need the insurance. No, no, no. It's, it's just to create like ease of, ease of mind. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. With in, in our business, it's, it's legally necessary. You're not ah. allowed to rent out a, a car or a van uh, without the proper insurance. Right. So also uh, get around or drivey, all those needed to have such an insurance in place. Okay. Um, and, and the, the other question, it was, it was one of the toughest things to get. It took me almost four years. I was talking to every, literally every insurance, every broker, but it, it, it wasn't that easy because rental policies are a red flag for insurance companies. And then RVs are also a red flag <laughs> for rental yeah. companies. And then it's an it's it's a digital product, which is something that are <laughs> that they are still not good at. So yeah. all that three combined was like the worst <laughs> precondition to to get something like this. But eventually, uh, um, I found one person at Allianz. So it's really about the personal interconnection. Oh wow! Uh, that believed in the market and believed in us, and then it was pretty hands-on. Which is how you say um that's not common in the insurance not common industry. In, in this industry pretty hands-on to to establish that yeah wow four years that is that is a deep investment into it that's the longest running growth uh experiment you've had <laughs> at the same time understood we just need the, such kind of insurance otherwise we just can't operate it no, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like with ShareTrap, we did, I think, in 2016 or 17, we commissioned like a research into what insurance is out there. And it was like, indeed, like just like you mentioned, like it was basically like non-existing, very experimental, only a few ones. And, and yeah, so I'm, that's really impressive that you got that up and running because I think that's where, I think now I think it's more common, yeah. especially like the on-demand, these sort of like on-demand products are more common. But yeah. yeah. Back then it wasn't common. No, no. So you mentioned that insurance is a, it was one of the biggest growth levers. Do you have any other growth levers you'd like to share on on either side? Yeah, back then, I mean, on the on the supply side, it was. I mean, Paul Kemper started as I mentioned, very organic and direct heavy, like SEO. Yeah, and we built up a, a strong brand right from the beginning. So, like, it was the brand itself was was catchy. People could be could remind. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the biggest levers in the beginning supply-wise was, was, was our community and word of mouth. So okay. we started actually to, to make community events in Germany twice a year. They're, since COVID, they are paused. But we had until like the first one was in the first year in October. And we had at this time in October, we had 35 vans. And we made, a, made an event in the, mid, in, in, in the middle of Germany. Just like meeting on Saturday, having a beer, getting to know each other, stay there overnight, and that's it. Did everybody bring their van? And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we had 20 <laughs> participants. There was more than 50% of the fleet back then. And they came from all over Germany. Meaning people drove 500k for one night. Yeah. And that was amazing. And that was like, especially for me, it was very important because uh, I want, I'm want i more a physical guy and and... and and that's that's what we built up, and it ended like pre-COVID. This events turned out to be like we call it Paul's camp. The supply is paying for that, 
okay join because we they they get great value like workshops and and so forth and it, it, it's it's from friday to sunday with live bands and bonfire and so forth and wow and um and you could really also make a lot of tests there like for example uh, how many people are willing to brand their, their van with the ball camper logo and so forth so that was definitely one thing um the online version of this it is a is a closed group facebook group where more than 1000 owners are connected um so that was a big big thing so word of mouth and community and the seo and, and seo part um and uh like for three four years you're also investing uh, um, in, in, into paid search and that's also, also something um that, yeah. that, that works well i mean it's same with airbnb after but when it when it became like of of uh natural to rent out your your, fl your flat then you just it's a topic uh at the bubble yeah, suddenly, right yeah suddenly and, that intent exists yeah exa exactly so that that was that was on the on the supply side and the demand was always there so because as i said it's it's, a, it's an industry that is that is thriving and and um most of the demand so half of the demand is also coming via organic and direct yeah so you mentioned the community events it's growth lever paid searches growth lever so let's let's pick it up from there is there anything uh, you would have done differently in the journey oh that's that's a tough question usually, usually i i'd say um i i regret nothing because otherwise i wouldn't be here um at the same time of course i i, I mean i'm, I'm still always looking at like how do i manage the next half year and understand and understand the next levers but at the same time i was in front of this question last eight years okay and I somehow managed so of course i i i've learned a lot and i think i would if i start from scratch and not necessarily paul camera but another marketplace i would focus more on data to have it earlier in place and, and work with it and i would put more focus on the product itself so what we did as as, as there was always huge growth we were more in the operating models but less in the okay what is more the strategic perspective and which parts are really important because sometimes you just need to then to stop to earn what comes in uh, organically to for example do to set up the product or something that's what i for example um would maybe change in the future. One last question. Could you tell us where is Paul Kemper now? Like roughly in terms of like what countries are you in? How big are you? And then what's up for Paul Kemper in the future? Today, we've crossed 1 million nights sold. Oh, wow. We crossed 100 million in GMV. And uh, we just crossed 10,000 RVs on the platform. Oh, Remember wow. in the first year we had uh, 43. Um, and um, we are currently active in four countries, Germany, Netherlands, uh, Austria, and we just launched UK. We are roughly 80 people. And we are still in the kind of uh, COVID mode, which hurts us on the short term because if travel is restricted, uh, it also affects our bookings. At the same time, it accelerates the shift in travel that it has been uh, going on before COVID anyway. So I think on the mid and long term, uh, more and more people will, will use this this way of traveling. So we're, it's beneficial to us. And where we want to go is we have, I mean, the purpose of Paul Camper is enabling people having a great time in the outdoors. 
And the RV is just literally the vehicle to get there. And that's what we call phase one. So phase okay. one is we want to be uh, serving all of Europe with our core product of brokering RVs. Phase two is to offer a full stack camping trip, meaning that uh, people not only can rent a van via Paul Camper, but also the campsite, the ferry to Norway. Um, so a full trip, because that's what they already requested. Okay. Imagine 60, more than 60% of our renters are renting a van uh, uh, for the first time in their life because of Paul Camper. And they need a bit more guidance, um, where to go, what to take care of, and so forth. And phase three would be the full stack outdoor experience. So for example, becoming an outdoor company, not an RV rental company. Yeah. Um, so for example, serving uh, also, or like you can, like the cabin you're in currently, maybe you can in the future book it via Paul Camper or a tree house. Because what it is about, it's not about the RVs in the end. It's about having time, great time, a great time in the outdoors. So yeah. that's where we are still heading to. Okay. Wow. That's a fantastic purpose. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. I, I completely subscribe to that personally. All right, Dirk. Well, thanks very much. Thanks very much for sharing this uh, with us. And thanks very much for taking the time. And I wish you and Paul Camper all the best. Sure. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Two Sided, the Marketplace podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe. If you listen on iTunes, we'd also love for you to rate and give us a review. If you got inspired to build your own marketplace, go visit www.sharetribe.com. It's the fastest way to build a successful online marketplace business. Until next time.